Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are on a mission to make a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. It's a journey, and we're all walking it together. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. Well, welcome to No Limits Church. Today we're continuing a series called Different, but... You know, before we get into that, I just want to say thank you so much for being here. It's such a blessing to have you guys here. Um, I never take it for granted that you guys choose to take, you know, an hour, two hours out of your Sunday to come here and be with us. And I'm just really grateful that you're here with us. And if you're joining us online, I want to say hey to you too. Thanks so much for being with us. Um, it's great to hear the word of God, even if it's over the internet. Uh, but if you ever have a chance to be here with us in person, I highly encourage you to do so. <laughs> we want you here. Man, you can go ahead and turn my mic down a little bit. I hear it ringing up here. <clears throat> thank you. All right, so let's dive in. We're in part 12 of this series, which is basically about following Jesus, because as you guys know, the best way I can help you know God is to show you how to follow Jesus. And let me show you what I mean in this scripture that we've read every week during this series. Jesus said that anybody who's seen me has seen the Father, and the words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. So what we learn through this scripture and many others is that God is revealed through Jesus. If we want to know God, then we got to get to know Jesus. And we can get to know him very easily because there are four entire books of the Bible dedicated to the life of Jesus. We call them the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is where it's at. And through this series, we're working through the book of John. And what we found out is that um, the way of Jesus is, it's different, isn't it? Maybe it's different than uh, what you thought he was. It's definitely different than what culture teaches you to do. So uh, when you follow Jesus, that means that you're going to be a bit different too. You're going to be a bit different. So give somebody a high five that you know is a little bit different. Just, just give them a high five. <laughs> we different together. All right, y'all, before we get into the word today, uh, will you guys just bow your heads with me and let's welcome in the Holy Spirit to teach us today. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. We don't want this to be just another service where we go through the motions and we do what we think we're supposed to do, but we want you to be here with us and for your power to come forth as the word of God has spoken. And I ask you to guide my words, to lead my words, and to give me what we need for this season right now. In Jesus' name, if anybody agrees, say amen. 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 Well, last week, Jesus taught us that if you want to see clearly and not be deceived, you have to wash, right? Wash with the water of God's word. Um, As you get into God's word, it washes away all the muck of this life. Has anybody found that to be true? It just kind of washes it away. And there's plenty of people these days that are trying to teach us about moral issues and and how to love people. And I, I believe they all have good intentions. I really do. But they're trying to do it without the word of God. And it's just not going to work that way. Um, if the Bible is not your primary source of information, your understanding will be flawed. It will. It may sound right. It may feel good. But if it doesn't agree with God's word, it's not accurate, and it will not produce good results. It never will. It'll never work. Everything we learn, everything we take in, everything we hear should be filtered through the word of God. And I can't do that for you. You have to do that for yourself. You have to love the word of God. So as soon as you find out that something that you've learned clashes with the word of God, it's your responsibility to take that thought captive and submit it to the obedience of Christ and say, God, not my way, not my, not my thinking, not my understanding, but yours, your will be done in my life. See, all the things that seem right, that feel right, but they don't fit with the word of God, you just have to take those things before God and you have to ask him, God, lead me into all truth. And he will. He is so faithful to do that. And you get into his word and you say, God, show me not what I want to see, not what I want to hear, but what you have for me. And he will. 
He's faithful and he'll do that. How many of you want to walk in truth? I assume everybody in this room. How many of you want God to lead you in every decision that you make? Yes. And he wants to do that for you. But you have to fully submit yourself to him in order to hear his voice. If you're looking to yourself or to your pastor or to your professor or to the news for guidance, you're not going to be able to hear God through all the noise. You're just not going to hear him. God is always speaking to you. So if you can't hear him, it's because your life is too noisy. It's too noisy. You got to start turning turning things off. Turn off your frustrations. Anybody need to do that? Turn off the news. Turn off your opinionated friends. Anybody? Turn off your opinionated friends. Stop reading the QAnon threads. Anybody? Yeah, stop reading those. Just turn it all off until it's just you and God. You and God. And it's amazing how clearly you hear God when you separate yourself from all the noise. You're like, oh, there you are. (laughs) You've been here all along, and now I can hear you. This is awesome. You know, some like to argue, you know, Cade, shouldn't we listen to the experts and to the government and to the people that have huge followings? And nope. Because I'm pretty sure that the creator of the universe is going to be a better leader than all of those people combined. Amen. You know, there are seasons of life where you can get by without God. Like, you know, it's not your best life, but you're like, eh, it's good enough. I'm doing okay. And then there are seasons of your life where everything falls apart and you realize how much you need God. Anybody cycle through those seasons (laughs) back and forth? And yet so many people today, they're turning to everybody and everything but God and probably the most challenging season that any of us have ever walked through. It's interesting. You know, my greatest desire as your pastor is to help you fall in love with the word of God. To lead you to a place where you believe the word of God above all else. Where the Bible becomes ultimate truth in your life. Like if we all just fall in love with the word of God, we won't get bogged down with the noise of politics and racism and vaccines. Like we're just not going to get bogged down by all that stuff. Instead, we're going to be filled with the power of God. The power of God's going to be working in us as we accomplish infinitely more than we could ask or think. But that's only if we all fall in love with the word of God. We can't do this without the word of God. In other words, we need to follow the voice of the good shepherd, Jesus. And this will be the outcome. This is in John chapter 10, when Jesus is referring to himself as the good shepherd. And he says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. I love this because not only does Jesus save us, but he provides for us. When we believe in Jesus, we go in and we go out and we find pasture. What does that mean? We find rest. We find provision. We find nourishment. We find our home. And Jesus goes on to explain further. He says, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Did you know that when Jesus gives you eternal life, it includes this life? This isn't just a ticket to heaven. It's an immediate transition into abundant life when you say yes to Jesus. And if you're not walking in it, it's because you've allowed the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy. You've allowed it by getting caught up in what? The noise of this life. So turn off the noise and get with Jesus. He'll lead you in the path of abundant life. Is there anybody who wants to do more than just survive? Anybody? Any takers for abundant life? I want it. Jesus wants you to have it. In other words, to follow Jesus, I must walk in abundant life. It's such a bummer whenever Christians believe that we're supposed to live a just enough life. Just enough to get by. And we think, you know, we think, how, how could I ask God for anything in this life when he's already given me the gift of heaven? It sounds so sacrificial, so holy, but it's actually really selfish. 
And on top of that, you're belittling the power of God when you think like that. He wants you to do these incredible things in your life. And you just stick out your hands and you say, nope, not going to do it. Jesus came to give you abundant life. It, set, it starts the moment you say yes to Jesus and it follows you into eternity. So quit letting the enemy steal from you what Jesus gave you, abundant life. And some people are having a hard time getting this. They're like, I don't know, Cain. Does Jesus really want me to live abundant life? You know, God's given me the ability to look at you and see your potential. You feel like you're stuck. You feel like you're never going to go anywhere, but I see who you're always meant to be. And it's just like right under the surface. It's like right there, just ready to come out, just waiting for you to let it come out. And to walk in it, you, you just have to decide, you know, I'm, I'm not going to live a pitiful life. I'm going to live an abundant life, the life Jesus died to give me. I know your potential. God knows your potential. And it's up to you to boldly become who God has called you to be. It's up to you. You got to choose it. And the world will be a better place if you choose to walk in abundant life instead of a just enough life. Amen. So we're now in the book of John, in the part of the book of John where Jesus gets the news that his friend Lazarus is really sick. You might have heard that story before. His sisters thought it was extremely urgent, like as if Lazarus could die at any moment. So they approached Jesus with their urgency. And here's what he says to them. He says, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. People get messed up on this scripture. This is where the whole idea comes from, that God allows people to get sick so he can get glory for the healing. But. Again, this is one of those things that sounds good, but it does not agree with the word of God. Like, it doesn't agree with the rest of Scripture. Clearly, we're losing something in translation whenever we get that from this Scripture. But if this is the only Scripture you, le- you read, you'll believe a lie. If you're lazy with the word of God instead of loving the word of God, you're going to believe a bunch of lies by taking one Scripture out of context. So I'm going to give you a flurry of Scriptures that prove how silly it is to believe that God wants you to be sick. Here's the first one, Psalm 103.3. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. Psalm 107.20. He sent his word and he healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Isaiah 53.5. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be made whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. Matthew 8.16. Jesus cast out evil spirits with a simple command and he healed all the sick. Clearly, Jesus is in the healing business. He's not in the making you sick business. I mean, it's really clear. He wants you to be well. So where does the sickness come from? Well, in Acts 10, 38, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Healing all who were what? By who? The The devil. Sickness is oppression from the devil. It's not a lesson from God. It's not. God doesn't put sickness on you to teach you. Amen. Preach it, Summer. It's good stuff. (laughs) You know, last week we read when the disciples asked Jesus if the man who was born blind, if it was his fault or his parents' fault. You guys remember that? And here's how Jesus responded to that. He said, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. Wait. So this is saying that God made this man blind at birth, right? So that Jesus could come later to heal him. Hmm. On the surface, it might seem like that, but that doesn't even make sense when you understand the character of God. If we, 
as imperfect people know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more does our Father in heaven give us good gifts, right? How many parents in this room would put sickness on your child to teach them something? None of you. You would never do that. And yet here we are going to believe that God put sickness on us to teach us things, that God put sickness on us so he can receive glory. Bunch of nonsense. We're not going to believe that. Not here. Lord, no. God is a good father. He sent his word to heal us. He sent Jesus to heal us. And he only gives good gifts. And for the record, sickness is not a good gift. So with God's character in mind, we have to read this scripture again. And honestly, I think the translators just got the punctuation in the wrong place. Let me show you what I mean. I'm going to go into the next verse a little bit here. Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me. So that's how you find it in the New King James Version. But look at what happens when you just use different punctuation. Same words. Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, period. But that the works of God should be revealed in him, I must work the works of him who sent me. Now that is what agrees with the rest of God's word. God didn't make this man sick. Neither did his parents. Sickness is oppression from the devil. And Jesus is like, I'm about to kick the devil in the teeth. And God's going to get the glory. So let's go back to Jesus' response about Lazarus being sick. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So with the full counsel of God's word, we can now understand what Jesus is saying here. He, if, if he were an Oki in 2021, here's how he would have said it. Hey, y'all, I know Lazarus is sick, but he's not going to die. Well, you know, at least not permanently. Actually, God's going to receive the glory for what's about to happen. He's about to kick sickness in the tail. And I've scoured the scriptures regarding this subject. I've looked up every scripture that mentions healing, that mentions sickness, that mentions wholeness. And I didn't just read it. I wrote it down and I thought about it. And I was trying to figure out how do these scriptures relate to each other? I want to understand healing. And I can tell you with absolute confidence that God does not give you sickness. God does not give you sickness. He does not leave it with you to teach you something. He does not allow it on you to teach you something. He doesn't do that. That's just a lie that the enemy uses to keep you sick. It is. And it's frustrating. God's not going to make you sick to teach you something. I think I said that 20 times now. Just want to make sure you hear it. God is not going to make you sick to teach you something. Ah. But if you allow sickness into your life, he will use it to teach you something because he knows how to take what the enemy meant for evil and work it for good. Y'all see that? He didn't allow it. You did because you didn't know your authority. You didn't know the word of God. So God's like, all right, I didn't want you to have that, but I'll make something good out of this. But he didn't give it to you. He didn't give it to you. He didn't give it to you. Sickness is oppression from the devil. It comes from the devil, not from God. How many times do we have to hear that? I don't know. I had to hear it a lot of times. So that's why I keep saying it to you a lot of times. I want to make sure you hear it. God provided healing through Jesus Christ. He does not want his children sick. He looked down from heaven. He's like, I do not want my children sick. I have to make a way for them to be well. And he sent Jesus Christ. And he wants us to have faith in Jesus and receive the healing that's already been provided. We're not waiting for it. It's already ours. It's already been provided. God's actually waiting for you to get the religious nonsense that he wants you to be sick. You got to get that out of your mind. Because only when we dismiss the lies, erase the lies, are we able to believe the truth and step into faith. In other words, to follow Jesus, I must believe that God wants me well. He wants me well. So what happened with old Lazarus? Well, since Jesus was never in a hurry, we've talked about that before, 
He waited a few days before going to Lazarus, and by the time he got there, Lazarus had been dead for four days. This is not good for Jesus' reputation. This is not a good thing, right? He basically lied to us, right? He told us this would not end in death. But wait, he didn't tell us Lazarus wouldn't die. He said it wouldn't end in death. Come on, somebody. But what, what did the disciples have to say about this? Well, it's quite hilarious, actually. Cue the disciples for some comedic relief, right? That's when they come into these. And then Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. <laughs> you see, from their perspective, all hope was lost. Like, like, Jesus really messed up this time, so they might as well just call it quits. It's over. <laughs> this ministry of Jesus is over. Forget about all the people Jesus already healed, like he didn't heal his own friends, so we're done. It's over. So once again, Jesus finds himself surrounded by people who don't have faith. They refuse to have faith. But thankfully, there is one person that still believes, at least for now. (laughs) Take a look at this. Now, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Wow. We should take tips from Martha, right? She was fully aware that of what they were up against. It looked like it was too late, but she's like, but you know what? Whatever you ask God, Jesus, I know he's going to do it. And here's how Jesus responded to Martha. He said, your brother will rise again. And this is great news. But like many things that the Bible promises us, we always want to delay the promise, push it off into the future, just like Martha did. Martha said to him, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Oh, I know I'll be healed in heaven. Oh, I know I'll have abundance in heaven. Oh, I know I'll be free from the bondage of sin in heaven. Anyone else have a tendency to delay the promises of God like Martha did? And here's how Jesus responds. I am the resurrection and the life. I'm pretty sure he yelled this at her. He had to. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? I bet he was shaking her shoulders, right? Do you believe? Do you believe this? And this is really mind-blowing because Jesus is saying that all you have to do is believe in him and you will receive eternal life. You might live dead to the promises of God in this life, but you will, will still live. You'll still have eternal life. That's that first part. He who believes in me, though he may die, though he may be dead to the promises of God in this life, he will live. He will inherit eternal life. But if you take it a step further... And you don't just believe in Jesus, but you live in Jesus, you'll never die. You step into abundant life now, and it follows you into eternity. You have a choice. You can believe in Jesus, leave it at that. And although you might struggle here on earth, we'll see you in heaven. It'll be a good time there, I promise. Or you can believe in Jesus and live in Jesus and start your abundant life right now. Right now. God loves you either way, but can I tell you, embracing abundant life is not just going to benefit you, it's going to benefit all those around you. And really, the best part about abundance is what it enables you to do in the lives of others. That is the best part. So that's why, to follow Jesus, I must not delay the promises of God. I must take them now, receive them now. And after this conversation with Martha, Jesus goes to talk to Mary and some of the others, and they were all crying and upset because Jesus was too late. Some of them were probably mad. And the Bible says that Jesus even wept as well. That's the shortest scripture in the Bible, right? Jesus wept. 
Now, we don't know why Jesus was crying, but in the context of everything that he's just been talking about, I imagine it's because he was frustrated with all of their unbelief. With all of their unbelief. I mean, how many of the parents in the room have ever cried because your kid's out doing something that that you don't want them to do? Like you told them the truth, but they ain't listening. And it grieves you. So even though Jesus was grieved, it didn't stop him from moving ahead with the miracle. Take a look. Then Jesus, again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and the stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. And Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead for four days. And Jesus said to her, did I not say to you (laughs) that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Remember how Martha was the most promising one of the bunch? (laughs) What happened? (laughs) I I mean, she's the one that said, I know whatever you ask God, God will give you. And then here she is trying to talk Jesus out of the miracle. Ah, no, we don't want to roll away that that stone. He stinks. We're still pretty good at this today. We, we try to talk God out of working miracles all the time. Try to talk him out of it. Oh, God, if you want me to be, be sick, to bring glory to you, so be it. I'll be healed one day in heaven. And these kind of prayers, they do not impress God. We think we're being so, I don't know what we're trying to be. They don't impress God. I bet they're quite aggravating to him. <laughs> if I'm honest, I like, he wants to heal you and you just keep talking yourself out of it. And he's like, ah, do you not believe? Will anybody believe? Anybody? 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 Thankfully, they moved the stone, just like Jesus told them. And here's what he said next. Jesus lifted up his eyes and he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me, but because of these people, I'll say goodbye. <laughs> that don't believe. I'm saying this out loud so that they can believe, right? And now when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to him, them, loose him and let him go. See, Jesus told you this wouldn't end in death, y'all. He told you. We all would have rather, you know, Jesus healed Lazarus before he died. We would have rather had that. But, you know, Lazarus being raised from the dead, that's not so bad either. We'll take it. And there's so many times that we give up on healing because it doesn't happen in our timeline. We get prayed for at church, and if it doesn't happen immediately, we just lose all hope. It's over. We want it to happen right now, instantaneous. And if it doesn't, we think, I I must not be healed. I must not be healed. How often do you think people miss out on God's healing because they give up on it if they don't see the results within 10 seconds? How How often do you think people miss out on God's healing because there was a step of obedience they needed to take? like the blind man who had to go wash his eyes off and they didn't do it. Can we move past the idea that all healing has to happen instantaneous and realize that there's no bad way to be healed? There's no bad way. We need to believe that God wants us well and remain in faith no matter what it looks like, no matter how long it takes. At the same time, we shouldn't delay the promises of God, right? Just because we understand that healing is not instantaneous, we shouldn't write off instantaneous altogether. We're good at that. We like to be extreme one way or the other, right? We should simply believe, God, I know that you healed me 2,000 years ago. You provided that for me when you took the stripes on your back. I receive healing, and I know it's mine, whether I see the results of it right now or not. I'm not going to fear this sickness. I'm not going to fret. 
I'm not going to be worried. I'm not going to give any attention to this sickness because as far as I'm concerned, I'm healed. I'm healed and I will see the results of it. Just like in Mark eleven twenty four. therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and then you will have them. When you ask God for something in faith, it doesn't matter if you see it immediately or not. You know it's yours and it's on the way. And the best example I can give you of this is an Amazon package, right? You hit the buy now button in the digital world and you know that within a day it will show up in your physical world. Don't even doubt it. So when you ask God for something in the spiritual realm and you're in faith with no doubt in your heart, you receive that in the spiritual realm and you know that it will show up in the physical realm. So don't give up. And none of this is real. None of it's possible without Jesus. Like you have to make Jesus the Lord of your life. That's step one. So if that's something that you haven't done yet, you've seen him working today. He's shown you through healing and through the word that was spoken today that he's real and that he wants to save you. He did that for you. So if there's anybody in the room that you're like, ah, I got to make Jesus my savior today, then you just, you believe, you believe. And you say with your mouth, Jesus, you are Lord. I believe that you died 2000 years ago on the cross, raised the life. You sacrificed yourself so that I could be made whole. And that's it. People like to make it more complicated, but that's what you do. You believe. So I want to invite you to believe today. Don't let today go by and not believe. If you're watching online, this is for you too. Believe in Jesus. Confess with your mouth that he's Lord and you're saved. And you're saved. So God, I pray over all those who are making that decision as a result of what you've done today in our service and in our midst. And I pray over them that you would protect them that you would surround them with people who will lift them up and will help them walk through this. And I rebuke the the attacks of the enemy. I, I stand against those in Jesus' name and I ask you to put a guard around them. And Lord, drop inside of them a love for your word. Just drop it in them like, where did this come from? Why do I love reading the Bible so much? Drop it in them. And your mind's going to try to get in the way because that's a big old book. Where do I start? Read the Gospels. Learn about Jesus. Start there. Start in the book of Matthew. It'll bless you. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. All right. Well, if you made Jesus the Lord of your life, we do want to be your family that walks with you, but we can't do that if we don't know. So we just ask that you would text us and tell us. Our number is 918-373-9883. Text us, let us know you made Jesus Lord of your life. Text us to know you were healed today because you were watching online. Just text us. Let us know whatever you want to let us know. We'd love to hear from you. All right, y'all, we are about to kick off a car outreach for single moms and, and widows and the elderly. And we're going, to have, um, a, we're going to have this a couple of times a year so they can come and get their car fixed for free by mechanics that are right here in our church. Believe it or not, we have several mechanics here. And I'm thankful because I'm not one of them. You don't want me working on your car. But to help fund this outreach, we're going to have a car show here out in the parking lot on Saturday, June 12th. Isn't that cool? So, Brandon, come on up here. This guy is the one who's organizing the car show, and y'all, I've been blown away. And y'all, he's so excited about this, he was practicing in his living room last night for what he's about to say. I'm going to tell you right now, this is not what it was last night, okay? (laughs) This is going to be different. But... 
How many of you like cars? That's a lot of people, all right? So, Cade and my best friend, Carrie, wherever he's at, there you are. They put me in charge of the very first No Limits car show. (laughs) Very first. Okay, so we've got 918 Carholics coming. That's one of the biggest car groups in Tulsa. We got people from Arkansas, Kansas. We got Ford Mustang clubs coming. We got trucks coming. We got motorcycles coming. If you miss this, I don't know where y'all be, but be here June 12th. Take your phone out right now. Mark it in the calendar. June 12th, 10 o'clock. Pull up. Super easy fundraiser. We're going to raise money. 10 bucks to get in if you want to put your car in. $5 goes to the admission. $5 goes to the optional car wash. I'm going to have all my stuff, all my detailing stuff there with the snow foam cannon, with power washer. I'm going to wash your cars. Not me. I got, I got enough to run. But I'm, oh, so now it starts to work for me. All right. I don't know if y'all have heard of me this whole time, but I hope we don't. Hope you did. So... Honestly, I don't know what else to say. It's my first time on here, but like I said, June 12th, be at the car show, get it done, have some fun. We're going to, I'm praying that I can get Taco Owasso and Trails End. Uh, I'm going to try to get some slides in, like the inflatables for the kids. I mean, bring the kids, like, come on, let's have some fun. Let's, let's go. Let's have some fun. Let's bring in 918. Let's go. Yeah, man. I tell you, he was the right guy for the job. We put him in charge of this, and like the next day, he's like, man, I called Taco Owasso, and they haven't got back to me yet. I'm like, dude, the event's not till June. Like, let's give him some time. (laughs) You're just going to get it, aren't you? Yeah, it's good stuff, man. But I just want you guys to know this is just an example of your generosity here at No Limits being multiplied by serving our community. It's just, it's awesome to watch. And if you want to give today and you're giving by cash or check, raise your hand. One of our ushers will bring you an offering envelope. Uh, you can also give online anytime. And how you do that is you visit nolimits.fyi, tap the giving button there, and they'll get you where you need to go. Thank you so much for joining us. And a special thanks to those that give in to our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And if you were encouraged by this podcast, then hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.